I'm Nurse Jessica Seitz, along with Nurse Erica. We're Nurses Uncorked, the podcast that takes nursing facts with nursing comedy and makes a little cocktail out of it. Welcome back to Nurses Uncorked. We have a special guest with us today, Tina from the Good Nurse, Bad Nurse podcast. We're going to be talking about the Lucy Letby case, the NICU nurse in England. But before we get started, Jessica, what is our cocktail of the week? Well, I'm so glad you asked, Erica, because I happen to have it right next to me. Um, So I haven't tried it yet, and I'm really excited to sample it here with you guys. Maybe it'll be delicious. I don't know. Um, But I already mixed it up because um, I had to open everything and I have had issues with champagne opening in the problem in the past. You did. So um, yes. So this I'm going to name um, the Moxie um, (laughs) for two reasons. One you'll know later on um, in the podcast. Um, and, um, also cause I'm excited about my collaboration with Moxie Scrubs. So I thought this would be a cool name for this drink. So what it is, is it's, um, rose champagne, six ounces of any type of rose. Rose. Cha- oh, is that what you say? I'm not a, sh- yeah. Rose. Jesus. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Rose. What are you French? Well, in America, it's Rose. I don't know. Okay. Uh, it's, all right. It's six ounces of <laughs> Rose. I don't know. I don't drink champagne. Rose. Watch, I'm going to mess everything else up too. One ounce of vodka. I said that right. And then one ho- half ounce of either triple sec or Grand Marnier. And then you mix all three ingredients nice. together and top it off with your favorite. I put strawberries in. Um, and so that's my uh, contribution to the Nurses Uncorked Beverage of the Week. Uh, cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. I bet you that could use Prosecco with really that, too. good. Ooh, it is good. Yum. You put it, actual it strawberries delicious. in it? Like yeah, I had fresh strawberries in the fridge. Yep. Um, they say mm. either strawberries or you can do raspberries because the raspberries add to the color and makes it even a little more, like, pink looking. Um, but it's yummy. It's, I, I right. like it. Yeah, go get you some rose at your convenience. (laughs) What's it really called? I think it's really called pink. I think it's really called. They call it pink lemonade, I think. Um, But I but I named it the Moxie Rose Rose. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. This this is a heavy podcast and I want to preface it with a minor content warning. Uh, it does involve um, fetal, well, not fetal demise. It involves uh, infant death of NICU patients. And so if this is something that you think might upset you, please don't don't go forward with this podcast. It is a heavy one. But give us a five-star rating. No, I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. I had to, I had <laughs> to throw some comedy in there. Rating. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> All right. So on August 21st, 2023, Lucy Letby, a nurse in the United Kingdom, a NICU nurse, was uh, convicted and found found guilty and sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. They call it a whole life sentence there in the UK for the uh, murder of seven babies in the NICU and six attempted murders. She was originally charged with uh, 22 charges, and they found her guilty of the uh, seven and then the six attempted murders, and also for falsifying documentation. So they allege that her MO, her modus operandi, was to inject air into whether it be the IV lines or the uh, NG, the nasogastric lines into the stomach uh that seemed to be the the one that she did more often than any others uh they also said that she uh in some cases overdosed insulin uh smothered a baby purposely overfed babies in the NICU and in one case uh thrust some sort of a medical device or tube force forcibly down an infant's throat so This trial lasted almost 10 months. It started in October of 2022. A long, long 
trial and the jury deliberated for 22 days before coming back with with their verdict. This is a huge case. And now that she's been convicted, Lucy Leppi is being referred to as one of the worst child serial killers of all time. She has even been compared to uh, uh, Charles Cullen and being called the pediatric version of Charles Cullen because we'll get into some of the similarities there. But right off the bat, you can tell this is overwhelming. This is a, a huge case that has really not only swept the United Kingdom, but the whole world. And I think every parent of a current or former NICU patient has been really affected by this. To know that a nurse that they trusted to take care of their fragile, often premature newborn has been uh, convicted of inflicting harm up to and including death is not something that I can imagine that these parents must be going through. Oh my gosh, imagine how angry, like uh, so many emotions, like I'm thinking anger, hurt, sadness, like uh, I, I, like what do you do? There's nothing you can do to change it. Like it, I just, those, those poor families, that's awful. Yeah. Awful, awful. There was one uh, set of parents that I believe they had twins and they actually gave an interview saying that at one point they asked Lucy or they considered asking Lucy to be the godmother of their baby <gasps> before knowing any of this. That is how manipulated they were by her, that she apparently was very convincing at, um, you know, showing them that, that she cared. And now in retrospect, they have all sorts of red flags, but not being medical and not knowing what they know now, they didn't see it at the time. I know, Tina, you've covered in depth the uh, Charles Cullen case. Obviously, that did not involve babies, but it involved uh, a lot of adults. What do you think? Yeah, it's uh, it's very disturbing. I, you know, my, my podcast is it kind of covers a lot of these stories. Um, unfortunately, I have to I have to actually cull cull through these. I I can't if I were to do all of these stories, that's all I would be talking about. It's there's more people that do this sort of thing than you actually realize. Now I'm talking about in the whole world. So in the grand scheme of things, we know how many millions of nurses there are you know, in the whole world. So really the percentage is just astronomical as far as the number of, of, of the percentage of people, you know, that, that do something horrible like this. But when it, it, to me, you know, I, I, I remember when I started my podcast coming across, I believe it was, uh, no, it was the story of, uh, Kristen Gilbert and that sort of like, sparked like this interest of like, how in the world could somebody do this? And so then we talked about her. And then I remember, I don't know looking, if I remember that case offhand. Oh, it is a very disturbing case. Um, and it's one, it was like, it was literally the first one that we did. And it's one that I want to go back and redo because the sound quality was so bad because I had no idea what I was doing. But um, the story will just absolutely blow your mind. And there were lots of red flags. And that's the, the reason that I like to talk about these things is because we have to be aware that there are people, there are horrible people in the world who actually become nurses and doctors and respiratory therapists and physical therapists and people that have access to very vulnerable people, our family members, our children, us, you know, we any of us at any time could be vulnerable to one of these monsters. And so we have and to a be lot aware of, the, of it. A lot of these people are very smart. They're very smart oh, yeah. individuals. I mean, oh, yes. to yes. be able to pull off this kind of stuff for that long, um, which, you know, obviously you have to have some smarts to become something in uh, a nurse, a physician. I mean, you, you you can't just, well, actually you could buy a fake diploma. Um, <laughs> We've got those too. Yeah. We, we, Hey, quit picking on my state. We, <laughs> we, we have, 
we have seen that before. Um, but yeah, I mean, they usually are very, very smart individuals, like smart. Well, than and most in people. fact, Lucy was uh, well regarded, really highly regarded. In fact, uh, she was the first in her family to go to college. Her parents were extremely proud of her. She's an only child. They even took out a, uh, I believe it was a full page ad in the local newspaper when she graduated from nursing school. They were so very proud of her. Uh, she started out as a nurse in 2011 in a newborn nursery. So a lower, lower level of care, level three, four there. They called it a qualified nurse band five, which, you know, it's a little different than here in the U.S., and eventually went on and had six more months of specialty training so that she could take care of the really high acuity NICU infants. And so in 2015, she started taking care of level two NICU patients, which I believe is the second highest there. And that basically means anything 27 weeks gestation and above that she was able to take care of. Uh, she was well regarded by doctors they they said that she they felt comfortable knowing that they were leaving the patients in her hands because she was very uh like meticulous detail oriented uh her coworkers said that she was extremely compassionate and caring parents said that she clearly was uh just she herself would be heartbroken if something happened to an infant uh, she would often reach out to parents over, say, Facebook or social media, which to me as a nurse, that's hearing odd. that, I'm like, that's not appropriate. You know, I, I feel strongly about that. I will never do that. I shouldn't say never. I did do, I did finally friend one former patient, but it was a pediatric patient. It was well after they had turned 18 and after they had been uh, requesting me for a long time that I was close to. But in general, I would never reach out to patients or family members. I mean, I, members. I I think there's always some some exception or something here or there that, um, you can't always say never. But, um, if she was doing this right. frequently, that's that's a little bit, to me, a little bit odd. But maybe they do things like different in the UK. Frequent. I don't know. <laughs> and, yeah, we're not as familiar with their their regulations and laws there, but. Uh, one of the parents did say that uh, she would send them pictures overnight when they would finally go home for the night. She would now I don't know if this was on her personal cell phone, because then that's a whole other issue with with HIPAA. But she would send them pictures of the infant without their oxygen tubing or mask. I'm not sure what that patient was on. And they would question it and say, where is you know, the oxygen. And she would say, Oh, I thought that you would just really appreciate a picture without of your baby, without any of the, you know, tubing there. And they thought that that was really nice at the time. And she did this. It does actually sound nice. Like, I mean, if they're doing a quick, it like change changing things person. out, like, oh, I mean, but yeah, but in how, reality, how long is the kid in the NICU, off of that? Yeah, you do that so quick. You have another person there standing by, so mm -hmm. then it's just like boom, boom. You're not leaving them off for any for long enough to. Pick yeah, you're up not a phone doing like a JC Penny photo shoot, right? right? Like, right? Yeah, and she did this, I believe, three times with uh, just one set of parents that she would send pictures wow. without the oxygen, and so they said now, knowing what they know, looking back. They can't even appreciate that picture because they know that she was putting their infant at risk. You know, I'm sure that the infant was desaturating inevitably during that time. But at the time, right. not knowing well, better, they loved her. She was well regarded by, by doctors, by fellow nurses, and especially by parents. Well, so, really you know, psychopaths... Her. In in general, are usually very charming. They mm -hmm. they they know how to mirror behaviors and emotions. They don't have the emotions themselves. Like they don't they're not empathetic. They don't know how to feel what you're feeling, but they know how to mirror it. They know how to act the way they see other people acting, and so they can literally 
come across as someone who is empathetic and who is caring and because they that's just their personality and it's how scary is that don't that they say they say that about ted who, bundy too like ted bundy was like a yes yeah person like very yeah. Uh, yeah. handsome and uh a people charismatic like was, yeah i was about to say jeffrey dahmer Often he was not a narcissist i don't think he was he was that charming but but i know ted bundy yeah. actually actually was yeah but yeah that yeah, makes sense and- like they just uh like you're saying, they they know what people want to see, but it's kind of creepy. Like now I'm hearing that and I'm thinking like, she was she enjoying knowing that these kids were sitting there like desatting and that's why she likes you know, sending the pictures? It's really, it's hard to say. And it, it's a very confusing case. And it, I could see where someone could take a different side of this but you know they began being suspicious of her back in 2015 now she was arrested three times between 20 i believe it was it 2018 and 2020 but she was not charged with anything until 2020 but there were times throughout this over the course of the years where providers not so much fellow nurses but providers would become suspicious because she was, by all accounts, the common denominator that was always pregnant or pregnant, that was always present during these uh, situations. Sorry, Erica. <laughs> Lucy, Lucy, Lucy was goosey. Lucy goosey was pregnant constantly. <laughs> Time. For Sorry, if we don't laugh, we're going to cry at this story, people. Um, okay. Can, That's right. Carry, That's carry right. on it. Yeah. So they, the uh, doctors would bring forth to management their concerns. Now, in retrospect, again, management seemed to do everything to avoid going to the police. So they would typical, say that typical, yeah, typical, right? Even here in the U.S., of course, mm-hmm. they would say that they're doing like an internal investigation. At one point, they reached out to, I believe it was the Royal College of Nursing, which is like the union there that this falls under, to do an to do an investigation. Literally anybody but the police, right? They had all these investigations, um, and at one point they did remove her from bedside. They put her in a clerical position, but according to Lucy, when she testified. She said that what she was told was there was, you know, this uptick in infant mortality rates and the way that they were investigating it was to like, like look into nurses competencies and they were starting with her. And so in order to do that, they had to remove her from the bedside. So whether or not that's true, who knows, but she may have very well been under the assumption that they were just genuinely doing you know, an investigation, uh, not that it was necessarily zeroed in on her, but so they removed or maybe, her. Or and... maybe they didn't want to bring alarm to her that they were right. on to her. Like, yeah, like, right. It could have been, I mean, that's actually, if that's the case, that's actually pretty smart because, you know, it would, would, yeah. would want to make it look, we're going to be doing this like throughout the unit or, you know what I'm saying? Like th- this, Plus, they probably yeah. wanted another warm body to work as a, a clerk. They were like, well, if probably. we can't use her as a nurse, we'll shove her in. Uh, she can answer the phones and do admissions. I... Yeah. Yeah. Who and it, it actually ended up being um, a good thing that they did that because they found evidence in her house that they was did. really damning. I mean, yes. why in the world she did some of the stuff? Wait, she wait, did. wait. You guys know this story way better than I do. So when you mean that she was under investigation, you mean by the police or you mean the hospital just trying to look at stuff internally? It started with the hospital internally because, again, they wanted to avoid getting any police involved. You know, they didn't want the bad press or the responsibility, essentially. And so they Mm -hmm. took her away from bedside. Then they put her back for a period of time. Not only did they put her back, but they made the doctors write an apology letter to her, which is outrageous oh my to me. Yeah. And one of the doctors gave an interview saying like, yeah, we, we felt forced to do that. And so we wrote, I don't know exactly what their verbiage was, but basically it was not, we're so sorry. We blamed you. It was like, 
we acknowledge that you have been put through some things, you know, something to like, they didn't want to come right out and say that because they still had suspicions about her. So this yeah. went on from right. like 2018 to 2020. Finally in 2020 with the third arrest, she was charged formally. And at that point they searched her house. And they found a combination of diaries and like post-it notes and little notes that said different things like, I am evil. I don't deserve to live. I killed them on purpose because I wasn't good enough to care for them. I'm a horrible, evil person. I'm evil. I did this. No one will ever understand this. I want someone to help me, but they can't. So what's the point in asking? This now needs to be a movie. Pretty... They, uh, this is probably going to end up being a movie. Seriously. Yeah, like, I'm sure Netflix yeah. will I, make a movie. I, I, would, right. I would think so. Yeah. That is just... Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, like she was, nail, she was but... having an, an internal uh, conflict Struggle. with her... Yeah, like knowing that she was wrong, but still not being able to stop doing what she was doing yeah. and almost if you're she writing it down some... i think that she wanted mm-hmm. it out at some point i mean yeah it why, would, almost why it seemed like that. she wanted to get caught yeah uh, you would and that think has been brought I mean, up by one of the investigators did she want to get caught who knows uh, uh she has maintained her innocence throughout this entire thing she has never admitted to a single thing and when they questioned her on the stand because she did testify in her trial uh her attorney asked her like why did you write these things he went through each individual quote that she wrote and her her general explanation was that she was so worried that she may have done something wrong because they presented it to her as you know this high infant mortality rate we have to check competencies so maybe I did something wrong unintentionally, unbeknownst to me. So she felt so guilty that she wrote these things. That's kind of how she how she spun it. it. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how mm-hmm. else she would. I mean, I'm sure her attorney said, "You better come up with a some way to to have an answer for this. Otherwise, there's, you know, not you don't even stand a chance." But yeah, I don't care how. Uh, incompetent you feel or if you feel like there's a chance I could have made lots of mistakes that led to these babies deaths I don't think you would say I'm evil yeah that's not evil being incompetent right. is not evil who would who would call themselves evil because they made it not stupid absolutely I could I would be I would I'm sure I would be at the top of the, the list of people berating themselves. I used to do it all the time when I was working at the bedside. I would just Me too. come home and just be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did this or that. Or I would, you know, just, it didn't even, it had the smallest thing. I would, it would bug me, you know, that I didn't know something or, so I, I get, I get that if she was like, I'm so stupid. How could I be so, how could I make so many mistakes or that mm-hmm. I could get. But there was nothing about that. She didn't say anything in any of those writings. It was, there was nothing said about her competence, her intelligence, her lack of skills or mistakes, errors, nothing. Right. How could right. she not say right. something about that if that, that was the case? Yeah. Now, the motive that the prosecutors have uh, put forth for the reason that she may have done these things is a doctor there, which uh, they they protected everybody's anonymity in this trial. So none of the doctor's names were used. He was known as Dr. A. Also, none of the baby's names were used. So they have been known as baby A through Q, which gives you an idea of how many there were. That's how many they have actually yeah figured out but who didn't have yeah yes. they didn't necessarily yeah but yeah a through q wow i know that's that's, a- that's alarming and so they 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 and these are these are suspected things she did or these were all infant deaths a through q does anybody a know combination that? a combination okay. because not all resulted in death and the, uh some of them were like repeat attempts they say at murder of the same infant but you know, individual days and charges, if that makes sense. Oh my gosh. 
But so the reason that they say she did this was that she was a little bit obsessed with this Dr. A, who was, uh, I assume, a neonatologist there, uh, a, a married doctor. Now, Lucy herself is single, 33 years old at this point, but uh, she has only ever claimed that they had a friendship. Uh, the friendship did go so far, we know from text messages and things, that they would take little trips together to London. They would text each other a lot, uh, especially late at night. And there was a rather kind of damning text message between, not between the doctor, but between Lucy and one of her nurse colleagues talking about Dr. A, in which they were talking about going commando. Which wait a minute, you wait, and a minute. I wait, wait, know. wait, hold, hold up the phone. Yeah. Was he, he said he was married? Yes. He, he is married. Yes. What, why was mm-hmm. he going to Europe with her? What were they doing? A conference? Well, a well, this is in, conference? they're already in England. This took place in England. So they were just taking like little day trips into London. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, to um, do what? And now she, she says they were very The horizontal mamba? She referred to him. <laughs> she refers uh, okay. to him That's as a her odd. best friend I... at one point. Oh no! Yeah, no, and so no. they said I that would she would okay with this. cause harm. Yeah, cause harm so that he, as the doctor, would have to respond, come to the bedside, and mm-hmm. that then she would get to see him and interact with him. And in some cases, you know, it would kind of be like a trauma bonding thing if they, you know, had a traumatic loss Saved or something. the baby together, would... or 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 save right. the kid, or. Yeah. Yeah. That's or she odd. discovered That's something that was going to happen, you know, like, yes. like she, like this she is could going be the on savior. Then, right. Oh, and no. so yes. smart that she knew she caught it, you know, before. Yeah. 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 That's what they say. And so uh, wow. I, I will say I found it interesting that during this over nine month trial, she apparently only broke down in tears twice during the trial. Once was when they were talking about her cats. She had two cats. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> okay, and like they were showing pictures of her home, and they talked about her cats. Um, and the other one was when this doctor, Doctor A, testified, and she apparently broke down and was sobbing at that point. So I mean, that to me is a little bit telling, you know. Um, I I think that most people assume it was more than a friendship. But she insists that it was only ever a friendship and they were very close. And so that that's the motive that has been put forward as to why she might do this. Uh, Because, you know, she really doesn't fit the bill. Right. And there's actually been uh, people that have brought up the race issue saying that, look, she doesn't look the type. And that's the reason that she was able to get away with it for so long, for years. And that, you know, perhaps if she was a minority, they would not have let her get away with this for so long. You know what? In the years that I've been doing these stories, and I, like I said, I have to kind of set them to the side and be like, okay, I'll do that one at some point because I don't want to do every single week be about nurses killing their patients. Um, That I can remember, that I can remember, I don't remember a nurse, a black nurse or any nurse of color killing their patients on purpose. I can't think of one off the top of my head. I can't either off the top of my head now that you say that, which is telling, right? That's, that's interesting. But how many do we have that are white? Yeah. I mean, it sure looks that way. What the heck? I mean, look at school shooters. Look at people who who eat mass shooters. Yeah. It's You're true. And then for right. a minority be to be the ones that are podcast. scrutinized yeah. more is, is absolutely right. Insane. That's freaking crazy. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Erica, I know that you always forget, but should we take our halfway point before we get into the second half oh, of yes. the story? Thank you for reminding yes. me. Yes. You're, Every week we like to bring up a, a question. We ask our followers to submit questions or problems that they may be encountering, whether they're a nurse or during life and to send it to us. And we pick one every week to address. And so 
I believe this one is a message that you received, Jessica. Yes. So this was um, an email that I got. Um, It's, you know, not a lot of specifics, but it is a pretty general question that I thought we could help maybe give some information on. So um, this particular nurse um, was in a, like a unit meeting and brought up a problem to um, the director at the unit meeting. Um, And you know, I don't know exactly what the problem was, but brought up a particular problem um, and felt like, A, after this meeting, that the problem never really got resolved or really addressed. But then she felt like maybe she was the victim of being targeted, like because she put her voice out there and made this this statement or brought it up in, in uh, group format that um, they were kind of scrutinizing her a bit um what what are you what are your thoughts erica because this is something you deal with or not deal with erica scrutinized all the time well that's true i am or erica (laughs) it's erica's fault it's always erica's fault always yeah but you said director and so my mind immediately went to what about the manager because that is their their first you know kind of ring in the chain of command right should it's, be I, I think that a lot of nurses don't don't understand this well so if you're having a problem with your manager it is not appropriate to bypass the manager and go directly above them or to hr i know that seems counterintuitive but you are obligated to follow your chain of command even if you and know at least the manager, try, you mean to like bring it up. Yeah. Yes, try to bring it up. Exactly. Even if you know it's going to be futile, even if you think there might be some retaliation, because if you don't, here's what's going to happen. The very first question you're going to get from the person that you went to above your manager or from HR is going to be, did you talk to them about it? Did you tell them what's going on? And then you're going to give them all the excuses and they're going to say, but how could they rectify it if you never brought it to their attention? And you lose your case right there. It doesn't matter what it's about. Well, and the manager, which I know that this shouldn't be the case, but probably because you went over my head. Like, yes. instead of coming to me yes. and you went one step and embarrassed me in front of, yeah. uh, I mean, especially I'm in assuming, a group meeting. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I'm not saying what they're doing is right, but um, that could add fuel to the fire, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like, um, you have a problem with me, but you, you, when were you going to tell me about it? Like, I, exactly. I totally get what you're saying. Unless, unless we're missing some part of the story and, and this person had done it and then figured, well, since Possible. nothing's happened. I mean, that could be, but in... Like I said, there's not tons of details in this, but I think you're right in saying that make sure that you're following. Yeah, and know your chain of of command. Because saying that you don't know it is not an excuse. It is your responsibility to know your exact chain of command, and it's available. We all know that that we should know that. But you know, you'd be surprised how often they're like, "I I don't know who's above my manager. I don't know who's above my director. I don't know the exact." chain of command. You need to know that and you need to know that before an incident happens and have it handy so that you can just easily do that and reach out to them, of course, always with a paper trail. But if you're going to one, you put it in writing, wait a week, give them a week to answer. If they don't answer, forward that to the next person in the chain of command and so on and so forth. You can go all the way up to the CNO, the CEO, and then you can start CCing HR, but you're still obligated to go through all the steps. Okay. So let's say this girl goofed up, right? Or, or guy, girl or guy goofed up um, and didn't do it right. But what's done is done. Now they're being picked on. Uh, their vacations aren't getting approved. <laughs> They, they, they're the first ones that get their lunch cut. Um, and you know that you're being picked on. Then what do you do? Do you try, go to your manager again and say, are you like, at least, are you picking on me? I feel like I'm being selected and I'm being targeted. Um, and then follow the chain of command again. That's really, I would assume that's all you can do. It's, 
yeah, go back and have that conversation. If you do it in person, make sure you send the follow-up summary email to create your paper trail. Uh, but have that conversation and say, look, I mentioned it to director so-and-so, but, you know, I wanted to make sure, I, I think you're already aware, but I wanted to make sure that you are aware that XYZ is taking place and this has been the ramifications of it. And then just move forward from there. But you have to hit every chain in your chain of command. I think so many times, you know, people, um, a lot of nurses, um, there are, for one thing, there's a lot of new young nurses um, who aren't used to managing conflict like this, you know, and so that can be difficult. But not just young people. I think people in general, maybe women in general, have a difficult time with conflict and and a difficult time with being assertive. Yeah. You know, we learned we were about just that in talking school. about that on with Joshua yeah. uh, on our other podcast. It is just it's like they would rather in... avoid it. They would rather yeah. avoid that than tackle it head on and and get it fixed. Well, think about the difference between being assertive and and, and just saying, you, you know, look, you know, being an adult. Look, I. Maybe I'm wrong here, but I'm I'm feeling there's a problem and do it in rather than doing it in an accusing way, mm-hmm. do it in such a way that you're saying, um, I could be totally out of line and cr- please just let me know. But I am telling you, this is just how I feel for whatever reason. And then you that just kind of get this, the, the conversation started and then always follow up with an email whenever you always. have a conversation documentation to say, hey, yes. just wanted to recap what we talked about. Yeah. Yeah. And that's keep copies smart, of the email. Smart. Don't, don't forward it to your home email because a lot of larger organizations have software that monitors when you're sending it to an outside email. So I always tell people to print it, bring it home because if, God and when in doubt, ever, just put uh, some, put some Visine in her coffee. If nothing else works. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Jessica, you're going to end up on good nurse, bad nurse as the bad right? nurse talking like that. Have y'all ever heard that about Visine? If you do that to somebody, it gives them Yes, we have. I have. You could there's die, I think. a nurse I think in North could... Carolina that did. Are no, you there's serious? a nurse that did that. She killed her husband with Visine. <gasps> yep. Shut up. Really? Oh, my God. It is. It can be very, very serious. I, I haven't heard guys, of all that. All joking aside, wow. please do not use Visine in somebody's coffee. No, don't um, do or it. anything. Like, look, I already yeah. did a story about it. And guess what? She got caught. She's in prison. That's crazy. Yeah, don't think oh you figured out Here some... in the U.S.? <laughs> you, do you have an episode on that, Tina, on your show mm-hmm. or no? Oh, gosh. Yeah. I, oh, I need to catch up on some of your episodes. Wow, that, I would. I want to hear that one because that I I've heard that will mess you up. That will mess you up. <laughs> if you don't die, you're really messed up. That's all I got to say. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, should we back get back to, to Lucy? Yeah, yeah, Lucy. Um, you know, I I found it interesting how many twins and triplets were affected by this, and I don't know if that's because they're just twins and triplets tend to be premature and so they're going to be in the NICU or if it's that she was targeting them but there were several incidents of twins and triplets where and in some cases where one survived and the other didn't oh I was just about to ask that don't tell me that she probably did that on purpose I I know it's terrible oh that makes me very upset almost like it it, that's the ultimate way to, to hurt somebody like it, you know, it and is. not only do you hurt the parents, but that sibling's going to grow up knowing that their For the sibling rest of their life. Oh, what a yeah! I mean, there was uh, oh, I believe it was uh, baby number number F and L because again they protected their anonymity, and uh, baby F was a twin of baby E, and this is where the Charles Cullen come thing comes in, Tina and. She is accused of pre-injecting one of baby F's bags. So I don't know if that was a feeding, uh, an enteral feeding bag or an IV bag, but she was accused of pre-injecting it with insulin the day before the baby was going to get it. And that uh, whether it was labeled for that baby or the, that was the only baby that would be getting that on the unit. I don't know. Maybe it was in the, in the patient specific um, bin or something like already. Maybe, you know, like sometimes they have them ready to go. I believe. Yeah, I believe baby F died, but the twin baby E survived Mm. in that case. 
But I mean, you and know, for those that don't know Erica, because I, I MO some was. people don't know Charles Cullen. Yeah, he was the adult form of uh, the same type of thing, insulin or injecting things into the IV bag um, that would harm uh, adult patients. So just in case um, no, nobody's familiar with what his name was, but that's based on the the good nurse, right? The on Netflix. Yes. The good nurse, okay. bad nurse, so, which just is the in name case. Of Tina's podcast. Yes. I know. It's just yeah. so crazy how, yeah. But I, I'm yeah, just there's saying, two you know. Netflix shows about that. One is a dramatization and one is more of a documentary about it. I haven't watched the interested. documentary one. I need to, oh, it's I need good. to see that one. Yeah, it's I watched really the, good. I watched the other one with the with the actors, and which was an amazing. I mean, I was really done very well, I think. Um, yeah, except for the fact but, that they're always in the dark. That bothers me when I watch medical shows. Why? Why is the med room dark? Why is every room dark? <laughs> <laughs> like that's just not. Maybe they're realistic. on night shift. It's, it's night shift. But they turn still, the lights down. Not in the. I med don't know. Room. Maybe it adds. It adds to the creepiness. Who knows? Yeah, the dramatic effect. Yeah. <laughs> well, they are now, now that we have the conviction and sentencing for Lucy Letby, they, the uh, investigators have said that they are going to go back and investigate upwards of 4,000 infants from 2012 to 2016. Can you imagine just the daunting, you know, this could go uh, on forever. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. And but so ima- imagine, imagine how many parents are coming forth and saying, she took care of my kid. Are, are you sure? Yeah. My kid had a complication exactly. or, yeah, I would want mine, inve- you know, investigated. I would want to know. Yeah. Especially yeah. if and like, now- you know, they, they have worsened. Um, I mean, they could be blind from oxygen deprivation, mm-hmm. um, you know, have a worse neurological defects. Like there's all sorts of things yeah. um, that they could come come of, of just not even just death is what I'm saying. Like, but, you know, things that could happen from her withholding something that the kid needed. Um, Absolutely. A, this and is, now this they're also saying that they're going to turn it on the hospital because what was the hospital's responsibility in this? You had providers bringing this forward to you for years mm. on and off, and you did everything you can to avoid it going to the police. So what? What responsibility? That's not does right. The I don't think that's right. This? I agree. Uh, they need to have some type of responsibility. I don't know what it is, but that I'm sorry, that's not right. Just like uh, all, like we said earlier, all workplace. Violence against healthcare workers should be reported appropriately. And if necessary, um, the police need to be involved and press charges. Um, it, it's, you know, it's that tale as old as time trying to cover the hospital's ass so that they don't look like they're in a yeah. bad light. I mean, that's what they try to avoid at I all agree. costs. And that's awful. Yeah. Well, you know, here's the thing that people aren't really so much talking about. I think now that there's a conviction, you know, I I don't want to play devil's advocate, but the fact is nothing that she did was ever witnessed. There was no really, she was slick. She was slick. Yeah. Very careful of her. She probably knew when people, when people weren't around and I mean, yeah. I, I, as a nurse myself, I can think of plenty of times that I can do something where I know that there's not True. a camera and there's not another nurse around. Like, I mean, True. you have to be an idiot to do it uh, in front of a camera or where somebody else could actually witness you seeing it. So, I and mean, yet people have. There's a doctor in Texas, an anesthesiologist that literally is on oh, camera. Oh, I saw that clip. The one of him injecting, or, or right, and putting the med yeah. in back in the fridge. Yep. Idiot. Oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh. Uh huh. Yeah. So much for being smart. And I would say that if they did not, when they raided her home, if they did not find those post-it notes and diary entries or whatever in the world it was, she was scribbling all over, um, and parts of patients charts of yes. the patients who died that she cared for that That's right. obviously is like some sort of like 
what do they call those trophies or whatever what yeah. do you oh she collected pa- parts of their charts Yes. Well, like you mean back when like, it was on paper? Like the handoff sheets, like your handoff reports. Oh. She apparently mm-hmm. had hundreds of those, which of course had That was like her memorabilia. It. Like they always keep something from their victim. That was probably like her. Well, if I'm being way. honest, I I would come I would have like weeks and weeks and weeks. I'm probably admitting to something I shouldn't be admitting to. They would just be in my pocket when I would come home and then I would be like, "Oh, I need to shred these." And then, you know, so Yeah, but then I, you would put them in the shred get rid of them. It has been a long time, and these, the uh, and she only had, you know, from the from a long time ago. She had the ones that, you know, that died. So, yeah, you wouldn't. But, the, but the post you guys notes, tell me, the was there ever the any um, like lab values that would indicate on one of these kids like an extremely high dose of insulin or something? I don't know, like. Or or maybe was no yeah. no kid ever like toxicology done or something? Or was she that smart that I, she knew? I don't know that enough about that because the trial was so in depth. But you yeah, know, what they did start I wonder, to notice I mean, is they would notice like it, an abdominal rash in a lot of them that was uh, consistent with an air embolus. They started to notice oh. that. That was one of the tipping points. And then also when they had three consecutive days of an infant death each day, two uh, twins and one other baby for three consecutive, that was really like a tipping point in the investigation. But I don't know that they knew what to look for. I think it was so true uh abstract. Well, you know, well, and, and, and I mean, that's probably why she used air or an air embolism or like you were, didn't you say smothering like i mean in the overfeeding in one case yeah like those are things yes. you can't really um look for in in somebody's like bloodstream or something you know what i mean like right. so maybe the majority of the stuff she did was like that and she knew that that obviously as a nurse that it would be hard for them to pin something on her like that you know i yeah. mean yeah just and awful. when when she testified, they would ask her, "Well, then, in your opinion, what did happen with baby A or baby C or whatnot?" And you know, she had an answer for everything. Uh, she said that at one point there was um, uh, like uh, sewage backing up in the NICU. They weren't able to wash their hands appropriately. That that could lead to infections and death. Uh, she said that there was an outbreak of neck, necrotizing enterocolitis in the NICU, which is, you know, can be very fatal to NICU population. Uh, at one point she would blame specific doctors for like, you know, n- not ordering fluids in a timely manner or not ordering a blood transfusion appropriately. You know, she had an explanation for everything. And I think, you know, there may have been some truth to that. Like we as nurses know, oh yeah, that doctor kind of dropped the ball in that case. They really should have done ABC, you know, whatever. There might have been some truth to that, but there's so many cases here that it's it's hard to argue. Yeah, if you t- take, th- take this one piece of evidence or even a couple pieces and stand alone, Probably not enough to convict her, but man, when you pile it all up, you, you, that's, that's where reasonable doubt, you know. Well, I would like, say too, yeah. upon first hearing, cause I don't, I really didn't, I, I mean, I know the gist of the story, but I haven't heard the details. So when you guys first told me about a 22 day deliberation, I was like, what? Like, what, why would they need to deliberate that long? But now in hearing the story and, you know, if there really wasn't factual concrete like things that you could say we have her on camera um we she made a confession to sally the other nurse or i I don't know uh, a toxicology report or something to that nature but to have so many uh suspicions inconsistencies um more deaths under her belt of patients um but then really the only factual thing you have is what she's written in her home it would make sense to me as to why they deliberated so long. Um, what do well, you guys just think? So like, many victims, you know, and the, yeah. the, uh, 
main investigator, the detective said like this case was so overwhelming, just the sheer volume of it that they actually had to move into their own building dedicated to just the investigators of this case. And they assigned one investigator to one patient, to one baby. And which I think is brilliant because they weren't allowed to talk to each other about their individual investigation so that when they did finally come together and present evidence, one of them would Ah. say like, yeah, one of them would say, look, um, you know, it it wasn't even Lucy's patient, that shift, it was assigned to so-and-so. And then that that nurse went on break and Lucy was taking over and the patient, the parents mm. went home for the night. And then this happened. And then another invest, three other investigators would say, Oh my God, that's exactly what happened with my patient too. Oh, so they were able to find correlations in a lot of it. That that was actually yes. very smart. And when she was removed. Yeah. And when she was removed from her, from her duties in 2016, the incident stopped. So, I mean, <laughs> what a coincidence. That- they must have fixed the sewage Talent. problems. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow. what, I mean, it'll be interesting to because see if it was, yeah. what comes up of all these other babies that they're investigating. I mean, this could be, I mean. It will be. Uh, it's, and to see if something happens, yeah. uh, accountability is uh, held against the hospital uh, of some way, shape, or form. I, I, I hope that the hospital is held accountable for their part in you know, it's it's basically like obstruction of justice, right? I, I don't know what the laws are in the UK, but to me, that's a form of obstruction of justice. If they are constantly bringing these things forward and you are preventing it from going to the appropriate authorities year after year, right? right? That's that's a crime in and of itself. But now we that's have- That's another it. similarity with Charles Cullen. Same thing happened with in his story. You're right. Yeah. The ho- refresh my memory. The oh, that's right. He 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 like was let go it. or or yeah. would end up leaving, right? Yeah. Because of they all these They would just be like, you know, you can just they would let him go and they didn't because it would bring it would shine a spotlight on onto that hospital. They would just let him go. Keep his nurse And then he'd be hired and... somebody somewhere else and yeah. The whole mess and would we do that. A person like that is going to get bolder and bolder, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's because they're like I can get away with it. It well, it really is, but it's it, uh, it's almost like an accomplice to murder in many cases. If part you know of the there's corrupt, a track uh, record, the corrupt yeah. system in 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 healthcare currently. You know, I feel bad for her parents. Obviously, for the parents of the that's infants, true, of course, paramount. Yes, but she's an only child, and her parents, by all accounts, were there every single day of the trial for nearly oh. 10 months that they, you know, loved and adored her. And she, she did verbalize several times that they were, she could never move away because her parents were so tied to her and so close to her. And I, I, I can't imagine what her parents are going through. Nothing well. came out about her upbringing or anything like that. Like she didn't have any, it was very, very normal. By all accounts, mm. you know, very middle class, nothing major, nothing of Crazy. any really concern. Yeah. And, you know, she's only 33 and she's going to spend the rest. She'll die in prison, right? There's no possibility of parole. And I wonder if she will ever speak or offer more information about this in the years to come. Well, if she's a, a attention seeker, she may, knowing that eventually, I mean, that nothing's going to change. So she may very well, True. who knows? Um, but I guess, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. But I'm a, glad a that. A fascinating uh, and horrifying case. Yeah. Glad that she's behind bars. For sure. Me too. On that note, let's talk about the, I think we should give it to Lucy. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> The Code Brown Award of the Week. I mean, seriously, if anybody's deserving, um, I think that it would be Lucy. But uh, well, let's yeah. let's let's not get it. Let's not do that. Let's put a little comedy at the end of this. Uh, I think dark, it's your turn this podcast. week to pick the yeah. Code Brown Award of the Week. It is. It is. And um, I'm not going to lie. Erica gave me this idea, but it is great. <laughs> it is a great. It is a great idea. So you guys all know about, um, or maybe you don't, that um, there are a lot of hospitals that are utilizing 
um, robots like to help. Moxie is uh, the name of a robot that helps and assist in um, daily nursing tasks. Um, from what I understand, because I did do my research, Eric, after we talked about this, Moxie doesn't have direct patient care in a sense, but Moxie is a, um, not a transporter, but will transport labs or will bring specimens or just does like my small tasks. To look kind of like a, a robot version of a nurse. Oh yeah, yes. It looks yeah, it looks like a nurse on on, on wheels. I mean, yeah. but my problem with this is that it's uh in my opinion, it's administration's way again of finding a way to cut cut costs and cut having actual real human bodies in taking care of of patients or helping the way that they should. Um, so that's really why I don't like Moxie. Um, so maybe the code Brown really needs to go to the creators and the CEOs of the hospital. But having that said, I think that Moxie has gotten uh, her dose of <laughs> medicine several times in the last uh, few months. And for some reason, Moxie is maybe this robot is upset at at what she's doing because she keeps trying to commit suicide. They keep, <laughs> they keep finding Moxie pummeled down the staircases and 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 trapped head down, if you will. I I don't know why this robot is catapulting itself um, off of a <laughs> ledge. Uh, when you posted that video and I had that visual of the robot, like like. Literally, like thrown down the staircase. I I I was laughing so freaking hard. Um, it but multiple places. Yes, yeah. I, I, I think on? that there's a glitch. There's a glitch in the sensor. Something is off. It's kind of like if you have a Roomba. The Roomba's supposed to sense a ledge. Not this robot. No, this this robot isn't sensing ledges. It just goes and it's it's taking a nosedive. Um, but yeah, we'll give the code Brown it's to, uh, trying to replace nurses with, uh, electronic devices, robots. Um, Thank I you. think that that's very deserving of that. Um, but Not if, if Moxie could take Moxie a few scrubs, by the way, yes, it, it actually is spelled differently. I looked it up. Okay, Moxie, good. the robot is M O X I and Moxie scrubs has an E at the end. So okay. it is, it is a little, a little different and Moxie scrubs does care about nurses. Um, we'll have to get them as one of our official sponsors, won't we, Erica? That's right. Yeah. 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 I think that'd be amazing. Um, so you guys, Tina, where can anybody listen to your podcast? Where can they find you? I know we, we brushed on it earlier, but um, let, let us know. It's called Good Nurse, Bad Nurse. And really, if you just type in Good Nurse anywhere, you're going to, it comes up if, under podcasts. Tell good them nurse, what it's about. Nurse. I mean, I, I think it's kind of self-explanatory, but. If you want to give them an idea too, it's yeah, it's just a, a take a true crime story that's sort of centered around centered around a person who is a healthcare professional, and do that sort of use that as an opportunity to talk about healthcare issues and tell the story, you know, in the, sort of the format of, of a true crime podcast. But it's healthcare people that's talking about it, so we naturally kind of gravitate toward, you know, talking about healthcare issues and that sort of thing. And then um, I like to close it out with um, a, what I call the good nurse story, where I talk about um, somebody just doing something good, because it's so it can get really depressing when you're talk, talking about yeah. our colleagues doing some of this crazy stuff. So yeah, I like to be reminded and remind everybody of how wonderful we are, too. That, hopefully, and the good outweighs Jessica the bad. Jessica and I are are so grateful to you for uh, teaching us the ways of the podcasting world because you've been doing this for a while now and you're very successful. And we Tina's don't know like what like our mentor. She's our mentor. <laughs> she's our preceptor, if you will, on the unit. Preceptor. That's right. <laughs> yeah. She's precepting us in uh, awesome. the ways of podcast. Uh, I have a million questions I could ask her because we're still a little lost, but we're doing the best we can. Right, Erica? We're, we're trying. We're, That's we're, right. That's right. Yeah. We're trying. So every you guys, week if you're it's a little bit better. If you enjoy um, our podcast, um, you will love Tina. She's well more established than, than we are. Um, and, <laughs> she knows and, what she's doing. 
Yeah, and flawless. So um, check out her podcast. And Erica and I, if you like hearing us yap, we're going to be on an upcoming episode of Good Nurse, Bad Nurse um, that we're going to be recording right. here tonight. So it should be out in the next few weeks. And we're going to be talking about a crazy story that is near and dear to um, my heart um, regarding the yes. another trigger warning, the decapitation of a uh, uh, a baby in labor. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, they didn't make it. So um, tune into that. Um, Thank you, Tina, for being on. We really, really, really appreciate Thank it. You. We'll probably do a lot, Thank a lot more of these. Me. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Until next time, we'll see you on the next um, Nurses on Court. <laughs>